Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what are we talking about? Uh, we are continuing our discussion of WandaVision, our weekly discussion of WandaVision. We've been doing it every week. That's what weekly means. <laughs> uh, about episode six. Uh, but before that, we're going to do a beginning section about the upcoming, although probably a, a, a good bit away because it's in pre-production, uh, film adaptation of Borderlands, uh, which marks the second beginning section which we talked about a video game we have uh, an adaptation of a video game we haven't played do you know anything about the borderlands games i really don't i I think i've heard the name but that's about it okay so they are kind of like and i really don't know much either they're kind of it's a sci-fi game there's a planet adventurers go to it they're looking for a relic they're looking for a MacGuffin. it's like a like a thing that opens only once every 200 years. And there's been there's been several. It's a pretty one of the more popular video game franchises. I think there's been four of them. There's been three games and like a pseudo prequel spinoff. What's the uh, format of the game? What's the gameplay like? I've seen it described as an RPG slash FPS. FPS standing for first person shooter. RP- RPG standing for role playing game. So is that something akin to Destiny or no? Is that the I, same I, thing or not? Or would those words describe Destiny? I know first-person shooter would, and I've seen that part. Yeah, I think I think it'd be fun. I, think, I don't know if that's. <laughs> I really have no idea. I have no idea what what is an RPG and what is not an RPG. Yeah. So, I'm like, whenever I hear RPG, I'm like, so are you playing multiple people, or are you like, yeah, do you pick a character, or like, do you get to pick that, or do they assign you that? I don't know. We're not huge gamers, so we don't really know these things exactly. No, we do not. We know very little about video games. Uh, but the reason we're talking about it is some casting news, and I'll just go over the casting we have so far. Kate Blanchett, as the main character, who's named Lilith. Jamie Lee Curtis, as another character named Tannis? 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 Hold on. Hold on. Tannis. Or Thomas depending on how you pronounce the words that I'm looking at. Just going to call her T. Who's kind of like an archaeologist person. Um, Snarky robot Claptrap, who's the only character that I think I've heard of from these games, uh, being voiced by Jack Black. And if you're looking for a reminder of the character, Dad, I imagine from what I've seen, he's pretty similar to Stephen Merchant's snarky robot in Portal 2. Okay. And uh, Kevin Hart as a character I know nothing about named Roland. All right. So that's a pretty popular cast. Pretty big say? cast. Pretty um, pretty expensive cast. <laughs> so yeah, I guess there's must some... be a big budget. Yes. Oh, it's supposed to be directed by Eli Roth. Okay. And written by Aaron Berg, not someone I've heard of, and Craig Mazin, who created Chernobyl. So that's a lot of uh, bona fides. That's, uh, that should, you know. Who knows will it be good or not, but it certainly has the potential to be with all those people involved. Yes. Are you? A, would you say you're a fan of Jack Black and Kevin Hart? I would. I, would, I know you're a fan of Cape Blanchett and Jamie Lee Curtis. I, I would not say I'm a fan of either one of them, though I've enjoyed them in, like I liked uh, Jack Black used to be in a, you know, a comic musical group called Tenacious D, and I liked some of their songs were fun. I uh, loved him in School of Rock. 
Um, Directed by Richard Linklater, which I did not know. I can't believe I didn't know that. Uh, That's interesting to me. Uh, And I liked both of them in Jumanji, the Jumanji movies. They were both they were both really good in those. So I wouldn't call them fans. You know, I've listened to some Kevin Hart's comedy, and like most comedy, like it, some are funny, some are not. So if we're using fan as short for fanatic, which is where it came about. I would not say that I'm a fanatic about either one of them. However, I, yeah, you know, we'll see. Is your, is your like of, can I equate your like of Kevin Hart and Jack Black to your liking of Saturday Night Live, where like most of it's just not funny? Yeah, I would say I, I can say I just don't like Saturday Night Live, although I find myself giving it a shot almost every week <laughs> just to see if it'll be good. Yeah, or, or, 10% or, is funny. Or sometimes it's an interesting musical guest, and instead of just watching a YouTube clip, you record the Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Fast forward till the parts with the musical guest. Uh, old people have old, <laughs> boring ways of doing things. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we can't. it's in pre-production now. I think I already mentioned that. Um, there's really no way of saying whether this is going to be good or not. Video game movies have not been great before. People say that kind of changed with Detective Pikachu, but we didn't really we didn't like that Pikachu. It was okay, but yeah, we didn't certainly didn't love it. What uh, does this make you want to play the video game? Not really. I don't, okay. I don't think that's <laughs> from the little bits I played from Destiny. I don't think that's my kind of game. I got you. That's although good to actually, know. I, although I have fun playing Call of Duty. Yeah, which is a similar style game, right? Just maybe it's the fantastical or science fiction elements you don't like, which would be odd because you, I think you, you do like that in movies. Uh, I think it's something to do with like, I don't like to play the campaign, and I don't like to play online. I like to play <laughs> in little tiny parties with friends or you. Right? Yeah, that that makes sense because we we've never really gotten into the campaigns on you know, the games that we've had that can do that. No. Uh, so that that's, that might be part of it right there. All right, well, cool. Something to look forward to, or at least to be aware of. Borderlands. Good Borderlands. title. This is a good title, yeah. And I think, uh, just looking for names recognized, I think Chris Hardwick did some voice acting for the third one. Okay. That's cool. I guess we're not really fans of Chris Hardwick either, but we're aware of him. <laughs> His existence. It's something we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, cool. All right. Yeah. Um. That kind of. That's all we can talk about a game we haven't played. All right. On to Wandavision. <laughs> that's the best transition anyone's <laughs> yeah. ever done. Uh. Now on to Wandavision. It is the sixth episode entitled "All New Halloween Spook." Spectacular. The description is, Disturbances on Halloween separate Wanda from Vision, who looks into an anomalous activity in Westview. Spoilers. Spoilers, by the way. We're, we're talking about the spoilers, because we're talking about a specific episode. You should have watched the episode, and the episodes before it. I don't know why you're watching this video if you had not watched it. <laughs> All right, they've been warned. They have been warned. You are warned. Uh, it was directed by Matt Shackman, who I think is just the series director, because he's directed everyone. Before, and this is written by Chuck Hayward and Peter Cameron. The television show is created by Jack Schaefer. The character of Wanda Maximoff is created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And the character of Vision was created by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. There is a decently long list of story editors and staff writers, but I'm not going to go into them. 
So, you know, you can look it up yourself if you want to know exactly everyone who was involved in the writing process of this episode. What did you think about it? Uh, I liked the episode. I've liked all the episodes. And I think, uh, I thought there was a couple of elements that they included in this that I was ready for and that were hinted at and then to see them kind of develop further uh, was enjoyable. And, and the first thing that comes to mind when I say that is Vision's increasing awareness that things are not quite right in this world. West Was it Westview? Westville? Westview. Westview. I only remember that because like, the cops are like, well, we're from Eastview. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was pretty great. Uh, so, you know, this is the Halloween episode, which is fun. Halloween's fun. Um, and you see just a little bit of kind of rebellion with, with Vision in this. Like Wanda makes a remark about his costume, which is, you know, well, I guess what he would probably wear in the comics. But and he has some like comment of, well, that's the only thing that was in my closet. And I think he might even said like, that's the only thing you put there. So like a little, his little bar back on Wanda's world that he's creating. And even though the whole family is supposed to go trick-or-treating for their first Halloween, which is funny because the kids are like, you know, eight <laughs> now that they grew up, you know, quickly. Um, he's like, no, he lies to her, says he's going to be part of the neighborhood watch and he's got to basically work. And instead he goes off on his own adventure. And I really kind of love that, both for like the mystery elements of, um, you know, vision, figuring out things. For the audience, you know, and us getting to see parts of Westville that we haven't seen. View. Thank you, view without, uh, without like kind of what through Wanda's lens. You know, we get vision on his own, and we've seen that a few times. But now he's actively like, something is not right. I'm going to figure out what's going on. And there's a couple of really fun moments with him seeing some of the characters that Wanda controls, but like I guess they're not in active mode, so they're just kind of repeating their actions like a video game NPC. I thought those were really cool moments. Uh, and it was spooky. Like the houses were kind of spread apart. It was really dark. It was just the atmosphere was really, really, really cool. So I loved that whole section. And I can talk longer about it, you know, if I need to. There's some other specific points I want to bring up, but I think we'll get to those later. Uh, what about you? What did you think about the episode? What did you like? I also agree with you. The solo sections with Vision were my favorite parts of the episode. I just love the visual. And like, Walking down the street and like the the eeriness and like the people not really doing anything because Wanda's too far away from them. Yeah, spooky. Have the reach. Um, I actually I think this is one of my least favorite episodes, which I guess there's only been six of them, so I guess it's I guess it's maybe in the bottom half. Like I, I still enjoy this episode. I've enjoyed every episode. But I think I wanted some more stuff outside Wanda World. Like I wanted, I want some more, you know, development with our cast of character, with our cast of characters um, outside, with uh, you know, Cat uh, Dennings and Randall Park and uh, Monica Rambeau, that uh, Tiana Paris actor name. Um, because I, I don't think I've really like, I don't think I like them as much as I've seen everyone else liking them. You don't like them as characters? You don't like what they're doing? Like, what do you mean? I just haven't gotten emotionally attached to them. Like, I've gotten emotionally attached to Wanda and Vision from, you know, from their stuff inside Wanda World. Yeah, me too. I don't, they, I don't I'm, I'm not emotionally attached to them. I, I really want to find out what they're, 
my attachment is curiosity about the world and what they're going to do and how what is happening inside. Let's call it the bubble, for lack of a better word. Wonder world. Wanda, okay, Wonder world. Um, how that is going to affect what happens outside of Wonder world. But yeah, like emotionally, I'm not. Yeah, I don't really care about them either. So I hear you on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm definitely. I'm warming up to you know Monica Rambeau because I'm just excited to see more of her. I like her as a character. Well, what um, else did you like? I really like the the moments with Quicksilver and Wanda. The kind of moments we got with them together and kind of expanding on the, the character stuff for both of them, even though Quicksilver is a little bit of like an enigma to us. Like we, we asked a lot of questions last episode. Not a lot of them got answered. That's that's also part of my, I guess, my one of my, my problems with this episode. So I kind of wish they did it. A little more to answer some of the questions. Yeah. I, Although I'm sure that like if they had actually like tried to answer them, like it wouldn't have been as good. So I'm, I'm sure this is the right way to do it and they know what they're doing. Well, it's but interesting kinda, because... Oh, I'm so go ahead. I was kind of hoping... I was hoping to get a little more you know, confirmation for some theories. Right. And I think what they're doing is just... Like they're giving the characters time to figure that out too, because Wanda doesn't understand and doesn't doesn't know what he is. Because you know she's like, she asks him. You know she's like she tests them on their childhood because like he is clearly not the Pietro who was in, you know, Age of Ultron. So she's like, yeah, remember that person in school who did that? And he calls her on. He's like, you're testing me, you know. And he doesn't really answer. He kind of like moves on to something else. So I think I think that's coming is just like Vision is trying to figure out what's going on with this Wanda world. I think Wanda is is also a little bit. Uh, I don't think I think she legitimately doesn't know how or why this person's here. Uh, so I think it might be a little premature to. I think we got to wait on her to figure it out. Yes, you know before before we're going to get to know. Now another thing I liked was the commercial. Yeah, that was dark and spooky uh remind me what it's for is it yogurt yeah it's for yogurt it's for oh magic snack on oh magic i'm a i'm a shark with a skateboard that's right that, that was such a well done like kids commercial like a like saturday morning not, not even saturday morning it's a little late than that but like a cereal commercial type thing yeah snake dude. since that. i'm using this voice i'll say Duffman. yeah exactly you know but then you have this kid on an island like a deserted island, starving, gets the yogurt, and he can't, he's so weak from hunger that he can't open it up, and they, he dies. Like, that's dark. That's <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, an allegory for what's going on in Wonder World. Yeah, I'm these, sure it is, um, right? With these NPCs. Like, uh, most sharks will at least, if they're going to hand you yogurt, they will use one of their teeth and open the yogurt for you. And this shark does nothing like that. Yes. Too busy skateboarding. <laughs> That's right. Um, I yeah, I like that moment also. I also liked uh, when Vision is going through ex- exploration that he runs into Agnes, the neighbor, who is just stopped at a stop sign and can't figure out how to get back to town. That whole that whole thing was spooky. Again, it was wide open spaces. It was dark. The music was doing something. I'm sure. And that whole scene where. He snaps her out of it again, you know, like he did with the guy in the office. Yes. And she's like, you know, am I dead? And he's like, why? 
she's like, because you're dead. Like, that was awesome to me. That was spooky. I got chills. She kept saying it, escalating it. Um, she tells him that he was part of the Avengers and he doesn't know who the Avengers are. That was cool. Yeah, there's a lot of weird, like, memory stuff that goes on with the show. Like, it doesn't seem like Vision remembers anything outside of Westview. At least that's what he said last episode. And But also, like, Vision... Sorry, I mean, I keep... I'm going to confuse Quicksilver and Vision a lot during this podcast because I've been doing that a lot outside of the podcast. All right, well, that's cool idea. But, uh, Qui- <laughs> that, uh, but Quicksilver seems to be bringing up that, like, if he was actually... Like the Quicksilver from Age of Ultron, he would not know that Vision's dead because Quicksilver died in Age of Ultron. So when he's like, well, your dead husband can't die twice, but he's like, oh, you died way before he died. So yeah, how do you know that's he's a dead? good point. And that was a cool moment, too, where he, when he says that, makes that joke, and everybody's like, oh, and then he, she snaps him away or not, you know, zaps him like, not away, away like she did with Monica Rambo, but just like over the into the hay bale or something or whatever it was. Uh, Their conversation beforehand, before that moment too, I thought was really cool because he brings up the fact that now there's a bunch of kids in this episode in Halloween. In their previous episode, they had talked about a lack of kids. Vision had, how come there aren't any kids? How come the playground's empty? And he brings up the fact that it was a, a nice moral choice of Wanda not to have kids because it's painful for these people to be controlled. And so she wasn't doing that because she was trying to mitigate some of the pain. So Yeah, is that like a bunch of kids he just like stole from real life? That's a great question. You know, yeah. That's what he's like. Um, Quicksilver was like, yeah, they were, were they just all sleeping? He's like, it's cool how you kept couples together mostly, you know, stuff like that. Like it's so he's like got you, this you weird gave outside. All, you gave him all jobs. Yeah, yeah, better jobs too, he says. You know, so like there is some, like he has some weird knowledge of what's going on and it's not readily explainable why. And then, of course, there was another cool, dark, chilly moment when she sees Quicksilver dead, you know, with the bullet holes that her Pietro had from Age Voltron. Yeah, so that's also like confusion about who he actually is is he the x-men quicksilver or is he the avengers quicksilver right we just don't know whole new is is he just like joe schmo who's gotten pulled in and is playing the part of quicksilver or is he or is he mephisto or is he a part of like another organization he could be anyone yeah and wanda it seems clear wanda doesn't know uh i think my favorite moment of the whole episode though was when she kind of gets quiet and talks about her loneliness and grief and how she, I think he asked her, how did, how did you do this? And she's like, you know, I don't know. I just know that there was nothing. And it just, you know, just breaks your heart. And that's kind of to me what the, the beauty of the show is, is that you go from this really fun opening Malcolm in the middle homage of like, you know, music and cuts and you know how they do it of fun and you know humor and then we they combine it with this the dark moments of chilliness of the cartoon commercial kid dying the seeing vision dead in the previous episode seeing quicksilver dead in this one and then you have like the poignant moments too like i don't know it's just a really great blend uh 
of of mood and tone, and it kind of kind of goes through seamlessly to me, which is which I kind of love. Uh, what did you think of Vision trying to escape uh, Wanda World? I thought it was I thought it was great. I mean, he's kind of he's uh, uh, literally and metaphorically breaking free from both <laughs> Wanda World and Wanda. Yeah, but it's clear that like he can't survive outside of this, which sets up for the Father's Day episode of Doctor Who. The, the, uh, I mean, that's the sacrifice I think he's going to make. Uh, I'm not going to be disappointed if he doesn't, if they do something better, but I'm going to be a little bit disappointed if they don't do that. Yeah, it's certainly set up for that arc, you know, and, and getting Wanda back to face, quote, reality. Uh, and the reality is he's gone. Uh, I thought that was really cool effects, though. Like it, Like, it looked cool, you know, him... Parts of him disappearing. Um, I thought that was I thought that was well done, and, and and sad and cool. Just like I like the fact that they handcuffed Cat Dennings' character to that car or whatever, so she couldn't escape. Therefore, when Wanda saves Vision's life by expanding Wanda World, Cat Dennings is trapped in it. Oh yeah. And then also this goes back to something I didn't like is uh, I'm still not a fan of director Hayward. They they did a little bit in this episode with kind of like, you don't know what it was like, you know, to keep the lights on during the five years in which half the world was gone. So, but like that, 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 that isn't enough to make me think the characters, you know, nuanced from other like big military man characters. Yeah, I think they did all their nice guy nuancey stuff like when we first see him like helping Monica Rambo through the like checking in at the desk and then that whole kind of like look I don't expect you to be doing that, you know, like I think the his nice guy stuff his nuance was in that episode alone and maybe that's maybe for a little bit in the next one and then we kind of now we're seeing that uh you know that uh you know he's now he's he's his job is to be the antagonist, right? He's a villain. Yes. So now he's doing that. So so when you say you don't like him, you don't mean you don't like him because he's a villain. I don't like the. You character. don't like how the character is being a villain. Yes. Gotcha. And then then they did. You know, it was mainly last episode, and it was like, I'm gonna like like that. We gotta shoot him. We gotta we gotta kill her. We don't negotiate with terrorists. It's like we've seen that character like more than 50 times before yeah you'll see it a thousand more too right you know you gotta have a villain well yeah i know but like that so what specific, do you mean? that specific kind of villain the kind that does what the kind that like shoots first ask questions later yeah the shoots first ask questions later yeah 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 we've we've definitely seen that a lot and i will before and i don't and i don't mean to be like like I don't want to see it ever again, ever. Like, it's, <laughs> That's it's what it sounds like. Nobody can use that ever. Uh, no, I'm just saying that. Like, I wish it was done better. Yeah, we're missing some kind of because his one little line, like you don't know what it was like. Like we're missing his history or backstory that would give him some depth on this. Like what really happened to him personally during these five years to make him be all about killing Wanda first or maybe they just haven't made their case for this maybe maybe the audience is we just know too much you know more than he does about what you know what Wanda has been through or or maybe we just care more and he doesn't I don't know I'm not sure how to make 
I'm not sure how they should have made that character better for for this, you know, legitimate, you know, argument kind of thing. Do you have ideas? I don't. Yeah, yeah me neither. Me neither. It doesn't bother me too much. It's a little blunt, but, you know, he's fulfilling his role. Uh, what else did you like or, or not like about the episode? Um, I liked the, the, the kids, the, and the kids' powers. That was cool, right? Yeah, it was, and I, that shows that also, like, that also kind of, like, scares me a little bit, like, what's going to happen to the kids? Like, right. are they going to, are they going to be actual characters in the future of the MCU, or are they going to die and cause Wanda to go crazy? Or get captured and cause Wanda to go crazy? Or leave and cause Wanda to go crazy? How is it going <laughs> to cause Wanda to go crazy? I think I saw some meme or something where it's like, like every episode of WandaVision is like could be solved with like a thousand therapists, you know, <laughs> helping Wanda or something oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> um, would you rather have the witch powers or you'd rather have the super speed powers? I mean, the witch powers seem like, I mean, they're not really defined exactly like what the limitations of those are. Oh, uh, yeah, that's something else uh, Pietro says, too. Like, you've come a long way from your, like, just giving somebody haunting visions of the future that are made up, you know. I wonder why she has all this power, if it if it is indeed all her power. I mean, that's, that's the other argument. Like, is she controlling this, but is she powered by another source, possibly Mephisto or Agnes or Kat- Catherine Hahn? Although it seems like that like Catherine Hahn is, maybe she's, like, acting or faking it, but that she seems like not in control. Like she seemed like just as you know affected as everyone else. Yeah, I'm. I don't know how. Like it would be hard for them, based on what I know now, to have Catherine Hahn's character being the one, being the real evil person in controlling this, based on her reaction at you know in this episode. I'm not saying they couldn't find a way to do it, but. It feels like they're leaning us away from that, but maybe maybe they're leaning us away from that on purpose. And also, like, so I was wondering from the positioning of the car, like, why would she be driving away? Like, was she like trying to get out? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, exactly. Like, why is she driving to the end of the road in her Halloween costume away from the Halloween celebration? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. That that could that could be something. Like, I was wondering if she was, like, going out to, like, confer with Evil Man. Right, yeah. Could be. Uh, did you like the transition when Wanda did uh, move out the Wanda world and things to turn circusy? Did you, I oh, thought that yeah. was kind of oh, like, cool. okay, the secret, gov- secret government organization, military organization, you're actually clowns. I mean, that's like... That the, was kind of great. That's like the magic equivalent of posting the clown emoji in a Twitter comment. Is that a thing? Yeah. I presume it means that comment of previous was clownish. Clownish. Or you are a clown. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Awesome, man. Well, anything else? What do you think is going to happen now? Yeah, it's prediction time. I mean, there's several, there's several questions, and some of them are, you know, questions we had before. I think the major one is, who do you think Quicksilver is? Yeah, <laughs> I have no answer. I have no answer. His knowledge seems to be too much for him to be just another Quicksilver from a different dimension. You know? 
So if I had to choose between, my choices were Quicksilver from a different multiverse, the X-Men multiverse, if there is one, and Quicksilver or, well, or not, Mephisto not the, depend, pretending to be Quicksilver, I'd probably should choose the Mephisto one, I guess. Um, is it not Mephisto? No, sorry. You're looking at me like I'm a jerk. It's, it's Mephisto. Mephisto. Not, oh, okay. It's not that much. It's not that much of an issue. I was also wondering, like, you say X-Men multiverse. Like, do you mean X-Men universe or like... Is there is that just like you saying multiverse instead of universe, or like do you mean something by like X Men multiverse? I guess I mean multiverse because the one thing we knew before the even story started is this was going to converge with Doctor Strange and and the, his movie, which is something in the multiverse, right? Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Yeah, the multiverse of madness. Of so I think we know multiverse is coming. We know there's a convergence coming with the movie. So I guess I mean multiverse. You know. Yeah, that the X Men movies would would have been in a different multiverse than the MCU movies, or, and they're going to combine them. Well, I think I, I I'm sorry. What I'm about to say, don't is be sorry. Totally, just be clear. Like, it's totally unnecessary, and it's just like me being like controlling about the words you're using. I'm uh, go ahead, but I don't think you're being controlling. You're helping me figure it out and be specific. And it's not so this X- is a good. It's thing. not the X Men multiverse and the Marvel multiverse. It's the Marvel universe and the X Men universe together. They are in the multiverse. I hear that. Right, that's that's literally it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> gotcha. About that, yeah, but I. It does feel more likely that it is either like a manipulated Quicksilver from the X-Men universe, because he's not behaving like Quicksilver did in Age of Ultron, or it's another you know, thing altogether, possibly tying to Mephisto. Although part of me is like doubting if Mephisto is even going to like show up, at least until like a last episode teaser. Because I feel like with the the importance of his character, like at least he would have been hinted at more so. Because I think whenever when people debate Mephisto I feel like it's usually like shot in the shots in the dark to what ties to him like I feel like the only like definitive thing is like this is based off of a comic storyline that has Mephisto in it yeah but that's a pretty pretty big definitive thing then especially again if they're just using this to introduce him like you know it's almost like they're setting up season two you know villain will come at the end you know after we resolve this, there's another issue to resolve, and that'll be Mephisto, possibly. That's a, that's a whole other conversation of whether like there's going to be a season two or not. I haven't heard anything that there yeah, that says there will be. Again, like it's the tie into the movie, right? Yeah, like, I think that's the season. Two. I think it's just a mini series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah, to I'm, see what happens. I I don't know what the government agency like if their base has now been overtaken. So where I don't know where they'll be, their new head of operations will be. Well, they'll be operating out of. If we'll spend most of our time in, there's only like four Wanda World. Left, are they? Like, okay, the I'm sure they'll get new ones, right? If they need to. There's three episodes left, and we heard that each one is going to be an hour long. So that that means they can do more in these last three episodes than they did, you know, in the first three episodes. So there's, there's, I guess there's a lot of storytelling left. It's almost, almost as if, not quite, but almost as if we had six seasons, six episodes left. You know, because the first, up until now, they've been about 30 minutes. You know, the very special episode, was, I think, was over 40. 
I didn't. I don't know what the running time of this last one was, but it felt like thirty-five. Maybe. Yeah, it felt in that ballpark. So it's almost like instead of we're saying we have three final episodes, we almost we have six, based on how they've organized the you know the first six. Um, so any, a lot could happen, is what any, I'm saying. I guess. Any predictions about like what goes on? What's going to go on outside of that with uh, you know Monica and Randall Park? Like they're going to meet someone? Like are they actually? Going oh to go? yeah, the engineer thing. She brought that up again. Are they actually going to go back into Wanda World like Monica wants? And who is the engineer? Yeah, is it good Mr. question. Fantastic. If I it's not it's Mr. Fantastic, I'm going to be very disappointed. Now. It's probably Mr. Fantastic. And other people are saying this as well, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of want it to be now. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to see Mr. Stretchy Arms Fantastic. Do we do we get to see what Cat Dennings ended up dressed as or looking no, like? No, we have not. So what do you think? So what do you so what, what's uh, your pe- prediction on that? People are making jokes about that she's going to play the waitress she plays in Two Broke Girls. <laughs> that would be very funny. Um, yeah. So give me a you got a guess for what she'll be wearing or I I, I don't. But one thing that's wondering is like. We already see in this episode that Wanda has a hard time controlling people on the outskirts of town. Town just got a whole lot bigger. Like, is it going to start unraveling? Is she not going to be able to control what's going on? Is it going to eventually, like, break? I feel like at some point in this show, it's all going to have to break and all the people are going to be let out. I think you're absolutely and right. that's what I imagine might happen in, like, a, like, the end of episode eight going into episode nine. I I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, you're, I think you're absolutely. I I do think that's going to happen also, and that timing even sounds right to me also. So we'll see. Oh, um, one thing this episode has made me completely sure in. That's not true. I'm really I'm really confident though <laughs> that this is the event that creates the X Men in the MCU, or that creates mutants in the MCU. So. Would you like to know why I say that? I would, and then I think I need you to explain it, too. So, um, Monica Rambeau, when she comes out of Wanda World, when she's kicked out of Wanda World, you know, she does the scan, nothing comes up. We and forgot about that. talks about how her DNA is changed. Say she goes, yeah, Kat Denny says it's changed twice since she's been back in the real world. Yes. Um, and her kind of power in the comics is... That's something to do with changing, turning into different types of energy, which would make sense for the X-ray, not to, or the scans, not to bring anything up. And so that seems that she gets her powers from this. So I think she might be the first mutant. Like, I think these people that are let out are going to be the, the next mutants. Like, it's their DNA. Once they're let out, their DNA is going to change, giving them superpowers. So do you think, like, Magneto's in there somewhere? Like, how does that work for, like, what we already know about mutants? I don't know. I, that's as far as I'm going. No. Okay. <laughs> or I guess maybe that, like, the director's, you know, disdain for superpowered beings. Like, maybe he could be, like, one of the people that sunned down the X-Men. But is this a big rewrite of where mutants come from, then? Like, if, let's say, this is, let's say this is true, doesn't that just erase a lot of... However, mutants were created beforehand, which I have I'm not no sure idea how. How mutants were created beforehand? Although it would be a nice like flip. I think we made a joke like no comma more mutants. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but like it would make sense. Like this event in the comics got rid of a lot of mutants, like 99 percent of the mutant population, and be 
interesting for this one to create mutants in the MCU. I can't imagine putting all of this together. Uh, smarter people than, than me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, cool. Well, yeah. So your least favorite episode. This is up there. Oh, this for is me. not. Oh, it's not? Not my least favorite episode. The third episode is my least favorite episode. Okay. All Second right. least favorite, I guess. All right. So I like this episode a lot. Um, awesome, man. Anything else good. to say? Like, I don't, want, I don't want you to think that I don't like it. It's just ranked lower than others. I hear that. That makes sense. Um, all right. Anything else to say? No, I, I don't think there is. Right. How, what's your... I guess I don't think... You might not you know, know and say you don't know enough to have an opinion but what is your how would you want x-men to be in like the mcu it's like is that something you subscribe to that thought i do yeah i don't know i mean i i don't know yeah i really don't i feel like it'd be weird like it's weird to introduce them without some kind of huge major reset and rethink because it's just like well where were these people when all the stuff was going down with Infinity War and Endgame. I guess this you would, know, I so guess. it would have to be a different universe, right? Well, no, or they could be created by Wonderworld right now. I that don't I don't that that annoys the crap out of me. Why? If that's because I've seen like 10 X-Men movies <laughs> and they were like in the 70s before you know, so like but that wasn't a part of the MCU. Those in another universe. I'm that's that isn't that's just what I said. It would have to be another universe. That's exactly what I said. Well, I, but I still I would have fact. trouble getting over since these universes look exactly alike. You know, so they far as I know, exactly. how how do they look? How do they look differently are, are, from what are, we've seen? Have you previously heard the impression that the Fox X Men movies are a part of the MCU? No, but they take place on Earth in this thing history. And if you're bringing them together, like I, it, like I don't, I don't forget what already are happened. So well, no, they're not a part of this corporate conglomeration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I realize that. But if you're combining them, are they asking me just to forget about Wolverine and all those big folks, no, Magneto and all my, that? My interpretation is it's not that the worlds, they're going to make the worlds one and the same, that they're going to pick the characters and bring them to this universe like it's not a destruction it's not it's not crisis on infinite earths where they bring all the multiverse together into one universe it's the the taking of different characters from these universes into the mcu universe okay so if we're taking a mutant and putting it in the mcu that mutant still came from the other universe right all right I don't know. I'm sure they'll convince me and it'll go fine, but like I'm I'm very resistant. Or and this idea of like they they create mutants, like I'm I'm not down with that. Like this, that's what create mutants are created from this. Like I'm going to need some they're going to need to do a really good job of explaining it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it's all about me. Yes. Oh. So, I don't know. I guess we'll figure this out in a few weeks. <laughs> Although it would be like pretty weird if like Dottie from episode two is like, hi, I'm Storm now. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> like Herb is like, I can now move metal around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, what are you reading these days? Uh, I 
I don't think I'm reading anything specific. I'm kind of like jumping around. I read a good amount of Roger Ebert's The Great Movies, and we're going to watch all the great movies. I'm excited to start that. Cool, cool. Me too. I'm still reading A Brief History of Seven Killings and still enjoying that and still reading uh, that um, The Lives of the Stoics book, that Ryan Holiday book. So that's what I'm into. Uh, awesome, man. Well, if you're still listening, thank you so much for doing so. And uh, we will be here next week with uh, episode seven of WandaVision. And I think we have uh, a couple other ones coming up real soon, too. Yes. Uh, so thank or, you. Uh, those a couple of ones are Malcolm and Marie, which we watched a good, a good bit ago. We just forgot or didn't record a podcast on. Um, and Judas and the Black Messiah, which we watched recently and are going to record a podcast on. And there's a long list of other stuff to record a podcast on. The Dig, we still haven't got to. I still want to see that. I'm excited about We're going to record the podcast on. Um, sorry, I have a list. I'm pulling it up right now. That's all right. Go for it. Um, a Glitch in the Matrix, the Rodney Asher documentary. Still to watch and still to record a podcast on. Um, I Care a Lot. We're going to watch that and record a podcast on that. It comes out on Netflix on Friday. And The World to Come... I think it's in theaters now, but will become available for us to watch on March 2nd. So a lot of cool stuff coming up to look forward to. Yes. But until then, de dadago hoi. Until we meet you again. You pronounced it right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, PineconeTurkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email. Twice a month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>